Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Parsha Shir. Normally, we have the privilege of doing it live this week because of the Tainus. So, I'm recording it, and I really appreciate all of those who tune in to listen to it on the app. We're up, Bezos Hashem, to Parsha's Pinchas. The Parsha starts off, Pinchas ben Elozer ben Aaron HaKoyen, Heishev es Chamosi me'al b'nei Yisrael, Bekano es Kinosi b'Seicham, Kadosh Baruch Hu, says that Pinchas... He was able to take away HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger by being Mekana for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as a result, continues the Pasuk, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I did not wipe out Klal Yisrael in my anger. It's mashma from the Pasuk that up until Pinchas stood up and killed Zimri and he killed Kazbi, so there was a Gezerah of Klaya, of destruction, Khalila. And the entire Klal Yisrael, because of that Maisha, the Maisha of Zimri, and because of Benois Moyav. And we have to understand, what they did, of course, was a terrible Avera. But it's not that of a severe Avera that should merit such a severe punishment that the entire Klal Yisrael should be wiped out because of that Avera. Even by the Chet Egel, which was a Vaidazara, which is on a much higher level of severity than what they did over here, so there was no Gezeir that Klal Yisrael would be wiped out. And yet here, for this type of an Aveira, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, only through Pinchas, through his Mesir Nefesh, was Klal Yisrael saved from destruction. Why? And before we answer this question, let's ask another question. We're holding, in the three weeks, of the Avelis for the Churban Beis HaMikdash. And Chazal tell us, Ba'isrishan was Charev because of the Shalish Aveiras Chamuris that Klal Yisrael violated, Bayesheni was Kharev, even though they were Tzadikim, and they lived their lives as Erlachayidin, but there was Sinas Chinam. And if we look at it in the context of history, so the Golas of Bayes Rishon was only 70 years, was a short period. Bayesheni were still in the Golas 2,000 years later. And throughout these 2,000 years, the Klai Yisrael went through tremendous suffering through the different Gezeris and Redifas. And it's been a very long and bitter Gullus. And here too we have to ask ourselves, by Yisrishim, in which Klal Yisrael violated the Shalish Averis Chamuris, the three worst Averis, of which a Yid is obligated to be Moiser Nefesh, not to violate. Over there there was a Gullus and it was short. And here because of Sinas Chinam, not only was there a Gullus, but it's a Gullus that's been lasting and hasn't been ending till this very day. How do we understand that? Nasiba Shalom explains... The very, very fundamental concept in Yiddishkeit. And before we even go to his words, so I'm going to give a marshal. There was a king who had several, several uh, servants in his palace. And he also had a son. And one night, the son, together with the servants, they leave the palace. And they go to town to have a good time. They go into a tavern, into a bar, and they start drinking. And they drink some more. They become fully intoxicated, completely drunk. And they start acting like drunks. They start singing out loud and joking and screaming. Finally, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, so the bar owner says, okay, the bartender says, okay, time to leave. We're closing for the night. They leave. They're still on a high. And tipsy, they make their way back to the palace. And as they approach the palace, they see, to their horror, standing there on the steps with his arms fold, folded, 
and his face looking very, very upset as the king himself. Where are you coming from, he asked them. And suddenly, of course, they're not drunk anymore. So they stammer, oh, you, know, we, you know, we went to town just to get a few drinks, to, to, uh, to relax a little bit, to have a good time. So the king turns to the servants, he smiles at them, and he says, okay, no problem. You can go to sleep. Go to your quarters, go to sleep. And then after they leave, he turns to his son and he starts screaming. He roars at him. How dare you go? You go like this. Get yourself drunk and make a fool of yourself. You're grounded for a month. You cannot leave the palace. And the son, he says, Father, I I understand the punishment. And I understand why you're upset. But please explain to me. How come you're only yelling at me? Why aren't you yelling at your servants? We both did exactly the same thing. And to them, you were okay, you smiled, and you said goodnight, and me, you're furious? Says the king, because you're different from them. They're servants, they have a job. Their job is to take care of the palace, to clean, to cook. As long as they're doing their job, then I'm, I'm okay, and they can do whatever they want during their free time. I don't mind what they do after, after dark. If they want to get drunk, they want to embarrass themselves, they could do that. But you... You're my son. You're the prince. You're supposed to be my nachas. You're supposed to be my pride and joy. You can't act in a way that degrades yourself and as a result degrades me as well. Says the Nesivas Shalom, Kol Yisrael b'nei malochim heim. Kol Yisrael were each princes, were the sons of the king. And our job as Yidin is not just to follow the rules. That's the basics. But the main avoid of Klal Yisrael is to bring Nachas to the Eibishter through our conduct, through our actions. And of course, it starts off by learning Torah and by doing the mitzvahs. But our job is not just to follow the rules, but rather to realize that the purpose of all those rules is to bring Nachas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, when Klal Yisrael does things that bring embarrassment, brings pain to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then even if by the letter of the law they, might, they may not be so severe, but because it causes a Kaddish Baruch Hu tsar, aggravation, then it could, be, it could be worse than other Averis, which on paper might be even more severe. Because the act itself, while it's not so severe, but the Agma Snefesh, that it brings the Rebbeinah Shalala, that is the worst thing possible. And as a result, a Kaddish Baruch Hu could get angry and punish Klai Yisrael in a most severe way. And one such Avera is the Avera of Sinas Chinam. In the Torah, it's only a love, like sisna sachicha, bilvavecha. We're not supposed to hate one another. But the result of that, when Klal Yisrael is in Pirud, there isn't a unity, then that brings aggravation to the Rebbeinah Shalelam. As Chazal say, Kosha alay predaschem, and the Sfarim Taichet, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, it's Kosha. It's difficult for me, predaschem, when you're mefoyrad, when you're apart one from the other, when you're not together in Achdus, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, it causes me tremendous pain. And as a result of that, even though, even though there might not be terrible Averis, but the Ogmas Nefesh that Kodesh Baruch Hu has from the lack of Achdus, from Sinas Chinam Lesson Klal Yisrael, causes him tremendous aggravation. And that is why, by his Shani, even though the Averis that they did were nowhere near, nearly as severe as the Shalish Chamurais, but it caused so much Ogmas Nefesh and so much aggravation to the Rebbeinah Shalaylam, that was enough to bring about this long and very difficult gullus of which we're suffering until this very day. And with that in mind, we can go back to our original question 
to understand the hate of Benay Smayev, the hate of Zimri. Why was it so severe that it caused Khalila almost the destruction of Klai Yisrael? Because it's the same idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hates when Klai Yisrael engages in immorality, in promiscuity. And Bilam Arasha knew this. And so before he left Balak, as Rashi tells us at the end of last parsha, he says to him, I'm going to give you an idea. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a way into which you could actually hurt Klal Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he hates promiscuity. He hates immorality. And so he says, okay, you cause them to do this Aveira, and that is going to cause HaKadosh Baruch Hu to get mad at them. And he was 100% right. And it's only because of the Masiris Nefesh of Pinchas that Klal Yisrael was saved from Kaloya Rachmana Litzlan. And this is the foundation which we have to realize and bring about in our lives that our Avaida in this world is to bring Nachasruach to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam and to try as much as possible not to cause him aggravation. As the Pesach says, Da You should know HaKadosh Baruch Hu and realize what are the things that he loves and realize what are the things that he hates. And through that you can serve him in a better way. And we find this idea in the Parsha Shmini when the Torah talks about how Nadav and Aviyu uh, died after they brought a carbon that they weren't supposed to. And the Pasuk continues over there that that day, the day of the inauguration of the Mishkan, so they brought a carbon chatas, which Aaron and his sons were supposed to eat. It says the Pasuk, Vesara chatas, asher la'om darash darash sayraf. They ended up burning it and not eating it at all, and Moshe Rabbeinu got upset. And he says to them, Why didn't you eat it? To which Aaron replies that, that this day that they were in Avelos and Aninus, they weren't supposed to eat the korban. And he says, If on a day like this when I'm in Avelos, I eat a chatas, is this going to bring favor to the eyes of a Kaddish Baruch Is he going to be happy? Aaron understood that his actions are not just to follow the rules, but the point of his mitzvahs is to bring Nachas Ruach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he understood that in the situation that he was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not want him to eat the Korban. To which Moshe Rabbeinu says, Vayishma Moshe Vayita Veinav, and Moshe understood, and he says, you're absolutely right. This is not going to bring Nachas Ruach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rabbi Beryl Wine, he spoke shortly before Pesach to the Mechanchem of Torah Masaira, this was right at the uh, beginning of the coronavirus, just shortly after the schools had closed. And he spoke through phone conference. And he said, this pandemic should remind us, us, to the Rabbeim, he's saying this, it should remind you that when you're teaching your children, Taira, it's not just a list of commandments. It's not just a list of do's and don'ts. The Taira is a way of life. And even things that might not be mentioned in the Torah specifically, we have to ask ourselves, in situations that come up, what does the Rebbeinah Shalom want from me at this point? And that's something that he urged them. You should pass on to your Talmidim. Teach it to them and show them the way that a Yid is meant to live his life with what does the Rebbeinah Shalom want from me in my conduct? And as he said in the name of one of we always have to ask, what lies behind the Shulchan Aruch? Of course, there's the law and we have to follow it. But what is the 
letter of the law. What is the idea behind it? What does the Rebbein Shalom want from us when he tells us to do things? When he tells us to daven, he's telling us, connect with me. When he tells us to put on tefillin, he's telling us, think about me. And so on and so forth. That is what the Torah and the mitzvahs are all about. And he told over a beautiful story in the 1970s, Rabbi Wine was the head of the Kashas department at the OU. And the head of the OU organization at the time was a very chosh of a yid by the name of Rabbi Alexander Rosenberg. And he's sitting with Rabbi Rosenberg in his office at the OU, Rabbi Wine, and in walks a yid, a businessman. And he says, Rabbi, I'm opening a company and I want to get the OU certification, a food company. And we're going to production in two weeks. So I really, really need it speedily. Rabbi Rosenberg says to him, you know, getting a certification is a process. It doesn't happen automatically. First, we have to go down to the plant. We have to check everything. We have to make sure that everything is in order. We have to check your, uh, you know, where, where you get your stuff from. And after that, we present things to the uh, board of Rabbanim. And after they give their approval, we present it to the board of directors. And then finally, after they give the approval, you can get your ashgacha. It's a process that takes a few months, not a few weeks. So the man says, listen, Rabbi, I'm going to production right away, and I really don't have time, but I'm going to give you an offer. I'm willing, if you're able, to somehow organize, arrange for me to get the heksher, I'm willing to give you 5% stock in my company. Rabbi Rosenberg sits there, and he's quiet. And the man takes his uh, silence as a sign that he wants more. So he says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 6%. And he's still silent. Six and a half. Silence. Okay, Rabbi, here's my final offer. I'm offering you 7.5% stock in my company if you're able to get me the Heksher. And finally, Rabbi Rosenberg speaks up and he says, What does God say about this? About this kind of a deal that you're trying to arrange here? Is Hashem happy about that? Is this what a Baruch Hu wants? Says Rabbi Wine, the businessman was ashamed and he quickly left the office. And that's something we have to tell ourselves. Vos zukt gut in our actions. What is Akadosh Baruch Hu saying about this? Is he good? Is he happy with it? Is he not happy with it? And this works both ways. Certainly for bad, like we said, but also for good. There are some mitzvahs, some actions which bring about tremendous nachas ruch to the ribayna shaloylam, even more than other mitzvahs. Rabbi Matisio Solomon, for many years, was the head of the Vad Latzalas Nidchei Yisrael. Uh, that's an organization that brings Kirov and Chizuk to Yidin and far-flung countries in the former Soviet Union. And he would travel with them every single year to these cold places deep, deep into Russia. Where there were still Yidin who were interested in getting closer to Yiddishkeit. Some places there were Yidin who never lost their Yiddishkeit. Places like a city called Baku, which is all the way in Azerbaijan, all the way far, far, far out past Russia. And he once said, you know, you might wonder... Why am I leaving my family and leaving my yeshiva to travel all the way here to the end of the world? He says, because I believe that these actions of reaching out to these Yidin who are so far out, so out there in the middle of nowhere, this brings Nachasruach to the Rebbeinah Shalaylam, for which he surely is going to reward all of those involved with tremendous Sechar and Oilam Baruchu never forgets his children. And when we, Klal Yisrael, show the same thing, that we remember his children no matter how far away they are, that brings him tremendous nachas ruach. And that is why Batisio said he was willing to go on these very long and difficult journeys. We have the same thing. Another thing is Shabbos Kodesh. That is also the day of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the day of rest. 
And through honoring Shabbos and going out of our way with a little bit of Mesir Snefesh, that brings about also Nachas Ruch to the Rebbeinah Shalalem in ways that perhaps other things may not. There's a story that's told over, and I heard this uh, from a person who witnessed it. In 2006, I believe, Rebbeinah Leib Steinman came to visit Lakewood. At the time, Lakewood was undergoing a number of uh, tragedies that had uh, fallen on the community. And they asked Rav Steinman for the Shabbos that he was going to spend there. What kind of uh, Kabbalah could the entire community of Lakewood take on themselves, which will bring about Kiddush Hashem and hopefully cause these terrible tsars to stop? And he said, everybody should accept on themselves to take in Shabbos 15 minutes earlier than this man. And the entire community accepted on themselves. That Shabbos, there was not one single Hatzalah call throughout the entire Lakewood. And the volunteers of Atzala, the EMTs, they were sure that their radios were broken. They didn't understand what's going on. On an average Shabbos, they get many, many calls. And that Shabbos, not a single call. And this shows us the same idea. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we show him that we not just follow the rules, but we do things to bring him Nachas Ruach, he's very, very happy with it. And he showers Klal Yisrael with Brocha as a result. And this is especially important during this period of the Avelos, of the three weeks, Klai Yisrael has adopted many minhagim, such as not, having, uh, not hearing music, not taking haircuts, and as the Avelos intensifies, we go into the nine days, so there's other halachas, we don't eat fleshiks, and, uh, and so forth. But it's very easy to forget that, that it, it's very easy to get lost in the rituals and not to pause to ask, but what exactly is this for? What's it all about? What am I supposed to gain out of doing all these things? I'm taking on myself all these anhagas which are not comfortable. What am I gaining out of it? What am I looking for over here? And that is what a Baruch Hu wants from us. We find this idea at the end of this parasha, we, uh, at the end of parasha's Pinchas, so the Torah talks about the Yom Taivin and the Karbanas that come along with them. It says the Pasuk, which we read everywhere, Remember, they should always bring me these offerings which bring me Nachas Ruach. And it's interesting that the Pasuk uses very interesting words here. First of all, Tzavaz B'nei Yisrael. Why is he telling this to Klai Yisrael? The Karbonas are the Avaida of the Kayanim. And also, what is the lesson of Tishmeru? You should guard it. Karbonas are mitzvah say. So that's not something that usually you'll find the lotion of Tishmeru there. Says the Nasibah Shalom, Karbanas are the foundation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's world. When there was a base Hamikdash and Kalal Yisrael brought Karbanas, that is how they served a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That was the main form of Aveda that Kalal Yisrael did is to sacrifice the animals to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because when the Kohanim brought the Karbanas and Klal Yisrael was united with the Kohanim together by sacrificing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that brought Hashem Nachas and that's what he wanted to see from them. And that was what was happening when there was a Beis HaMikdash and when there was a Yom Tiv. So the main part of the Yom Tiv, as we see here in these Psukim and the Parashiyas of the Yom Tovim, it discusses the Karbanas because that was really the way that the Hashpah of Yom Tov came about to Klai Yisrael. They would bring the Karban, they were miyachet with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu would shower them with the Bracha of Yom Tov. That was when the Beis HaMikdash was standing. Nowadays, when we don't have the Beis HaMikdash, so we have Davin, we Davin Musaf, which is connected to the Karbanas, and there too we Davin. 
for the resumption of the Karbanas. And we beg HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please bring back those Karbanas so we could connect with you and receive the Hashpah of Yom Tev. And that is the Avodah of the three weeks as well. To build in ourselves a Hishtaikikus, a yearning for the Beis HaMikdash, a yearning for the Avodah of the Karbanas. To understand what we're missing and to dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to bring it back, that we should be able to connect with Him in this special way, in this unique way of Karbanas, which brings HaKadosh Baruch Hu tremendous nachas, and that is why the Pesach uses these Lashinas. Tzavaz B'nai Yisrael, Hashem says, this is not just for the private person, this is not just for the Kohanim, but this is B'nai Yisrael's Avodah. They, through the Kohanim, connect with me through the Avodah of the Karbanas. And Tishmeru is the Lashin of anticipate, even in the times when there's no Beis HaMikdash and there's no Karbanas. But remember, Tishmeru, as Yaakov Avinu says, the Pesach says in Yaakov Avinu, V'aviv Shomar Esadover, he was yearning for it. He was anticipating and waiting for the day to come that Yosef is going to be the king. Here too, says HaKadosh Baruch, when you don't have a Beis HaMikdash, at least Tishmeru, at least yearn, at least anticipate and wait anxiously for that day that you will be able to bring the Karbanas once again. And as Chazal tell us, Kala Isak B'tayras Oila, Kihilu Hikriv Oila, Kala Isak B'tayras Chatas, Kihilu Hikriv Chatas. It doesn't say Kala Loimeid. It doesn't say you learn the Allahas of Oila. It's as if you brought Oila. If you're Isak in it, which means if you're, you put yourself into the situation where you're yearning, you're yearning once again to be able to bring the Korban Oila. You're yearning for the Korban Chata, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That brings me Nachas Ruach as if you're doing it itself. And that is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. During this time of the year, to have a yearning for the resumption of the Beis HaMikdash, of the Korbanas. And that itself is what brings HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tremendous Nachas Ruach. And on a personal note, I had this opportunity today to feel this uh, idea of yearning I'm here in the bungalow colony and about 2 p.m. this afternoon. So all of a sudden, the electricity blows. What happened was a, a truck was driving here in the parking lot and somehow it knocked over an electricity pole and a bunch of bungalows lost power. Not the entire colony, but a bunch of bungalows, myself included. And you can imagine on a hot day like today, where it's probably in the 90s and very humid, and it's very uncomfortable sitting in the dark without any air conditioning. And that's compounded many times when you're fasting. It was a very uncomfortable experience. And, that's, and as, of course, the management got to work right away on trying to repair it. And uh, everybody's waiting anxiously for the power to go back on. And all of a sudden it hit me. This is what it means when there's no power. This is what it means when the light is out. We're yearning for it to come back. It's very uncomfortable. And this is the Kaddish Baruch. And this is, this is what happens really during the three weeks. It's a time of yearning for the power. The Beis HaMikdash was a powerhouse, which brought about light and hashpah to call Yisrael to the entire world. And our Avaida during this time is to anticipate and yearn for the light to come back on, for the power to come back on. We can go back and connect once again with a tremendous kirva to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that there was in that time of the Beis HaMikdash. And that is what the three weeks is all about. The Sfarim tell us that the 22 days of Bein HaMitzarim are connected, the 22 days between Rosh Hashanah and Simchas Teira. And the understanding is that just like an artist, when he draws a picture, so he starts off by drawing a dark background. And then, after he has the background, he can color it now with bright colors, and they're going to shine and look much nicer. 
And that's true for these days as well. These days where a person builds up his yearning, his yearning and his desire to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to connect to the Beis HaMikdash, this is like the background. We build up our connection. We say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we, Klal Yisrael as a whole, we want to come back. We're yearning to come back to Yerushalayim, to the Beis HaMikdash. And then, when we built up, so to speak, the dark background, and comes Chaydesh Tishrei, and we have our own personal avoid of Tshuva, it lights much more because we already started the background, which now causes the other days to light up in a beautiful way. And this year, probably more than ever, we can say that we got, unfortunately, the feeling of what Golis, of what Richuk is all about, and what it can do to us, because... This was a terrible year for Klai Yisrael, and in particular, Klai Yisrael in the diaspora. The beginning of the year, so there were many incidents of anti-Semitism. There were several massacres in which Erlich Hayyidin were killed for no reason other than the fact that they're Jews, and anti-Semitism in the streets. And then came the coronavirus, and so many, so many from Yidin were nifter. Here in America, over a thousand from Yidin died. And many, many dozens of very chashev rabbanim also were nifter. And this is something that happened throughout the world, wherever, wherever Yidin are. In France alone, there were over a thousand Jews who were nifter. And interestingly enough, in Eretz Yisrael, even though right now they're battling a, a second wave, but Baruch Hashem, the numbers there are drastically lower than the Jewish communities in the diaspora. And this serves, should serve us as a reminder that we're in Gaulis and we have to yearn to go back, to go back to Yerushalayim, to go back to the Beis HaMikdash. And this is the time of the year to do it. And I just want to conclude with a beautiful story. The Briskarov, the Beis HaLevi, started off before he was on the Rav Brisk as the Rav in the town of Slutsk. And the, the town of Brisk, after I'm sure Leib Diskin had left town to go to Yerushalayim, so they decided that they're going to appoint Rabbi Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, who was known as the Beis HaLevi, as their new Rav. And they went over to him, they went to Slutsk, with the Ksav of the Rabbonus. And they said, Rebbe, we want to anoint you, appoint you, as our new Rav, in the ear of Ambi Yisrael, in the very Chashiva city of Brisk. And Rav Soloveitchik says, no, I, I'm, I'm okay over here in, in Slutsk, which is a smaller town, but I'm okay here, I'm satisfied, I have everything that I need. I'm not interested in going to Brisk. And then they said to him, the Gaboyim, they says, Rebbe, there are 40,000 Yidin waiting for you in Brisk. They want you to come. And right away he says to the Rebetzin, Rebetzin, let's pack our bags. There's 40,000 Yidin waiting for me? I cannot say no to them. The Chavaz Chaim heard this story and he started to cry. He says, look at this. The Briskarov heard that 40,000 Yidin are waiting for him. He's not going to disappoint them. How much so more, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we can have that amount of Yidin who are yearning and they say, Rebbein HaShalaylam. We want you to come back. We're yearning for the day that you're going to shine your light on us again and bring us back to Yerushalayim. Surely HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to answer our tefillah and bring us to Mashiach and Debeshashitaka help that these three weeks should turn very quickly from days of mourning to days of Simcha and Geula for Klal Yisrael. Thank you very much. Have a good Shabbos.